Jonah Hill, America's Sweetheart, J-Bug, J-Bone, your friend. I would never hurt you. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing great, guys. And with me, as it seems to be always lately, thank God, is Mr. Jameson Rabbit. How are you, sir? I am doing well, Mike. We are back on the STL. feels like now it's only happening when I'm here. It's true. That is the case, which I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> Literally... Doing an episode when you're around, I'm kind of cool with that. So, And I think, actually, the nation is cool with that as well because they'd rather have us two on an episode together uh, than you know probably me just ranting and raving or whatever. But when you're on, it makes things better. So, oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, it, it's always true. <laughs> I mean, you are Mr. Uh, Mr. Famous Guy now. <laughs> uh-huh. Good times, but uh, yeah, you know that's pretty cool, man. It's like uh, we're starting to get on a groove again. Like once a month, we can get together and record something, so that's pretty cool. So, uh, and that's kind of where I said I wanted to do was like one episode a month because uh, I got to study tonight after we get done with this, man. I got college tomorrow, so uh, hit the books, kid. I know, man. All right, sir. Well, uh, we are doing a special review, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm still surprised we're actually doing this, but you and I, we're going to be doing a review of This is the End today. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, a a different choice. A different choice, because nobody would ever expect us to do this, and there's many people in this movie that on films by themselves, uh, I don't really care for, but for some reason this movie works, and, and we'll get into details and stuff when we get to the review, but... It's pretty cool that you and I were kind of on the same page about, hey, let's go ahead and review this movie and kind of shock the nation. Because uh, it's not an 80s movie, it's not a 90s movie, and it's definitely a movie that, like, man, we have never really done before. So it's pretty good. So I'm pretty good with it. Yeah. So how about we roll into some news, sir, before we roll into the review? All right. Clock sync, 
All right, so the only thing I want to talk about is one thing and one thing only. <laughs> and uh, that's the, uh, the the Karate Kid video that's going around town, man. Mm-hmm. We, got, we got to talk about this, son. All right. So uh, I don't know what it is. Some, some guy posted uh, the video on our Facebook page, and I didn't even know that you commented where you're like, without question, Daniel is the true bully. And then it's just like every day somebody's posting this, and I actually watched it. Of course, I call BS watching this thing. But I could not stop laughing, especially the whole demon sorcerer Miyagi thing. I mean, that, that was so good. And then you're telling me this thing is old school. Is that correct, sir? Well, I'm just saying the whole theory of Daniel being the the bad guy in the movie and Johnny is the real karate kid, that's a, bit, that's a theory that I've been hearing for quite a while. It's true. I mean, obviously, Mr. Friend of the Podcast, Billy, has has done that on multiple times on How I Met Your Mother. But right. but truly, this is a brand new video. And it, it really is from the perspective of, like, somebody watched that show and decided to make this video. But I can't help how good it's actually done to make you, to make you laugh. I mean, truly, if anybody takes this seriously, they have a few screws loose. Well, obviously... So let's take serious. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you know, I think what I'm going to do is, is there's probably some people who haven't heard this, so I'll probably just play the audio of it so you can hear it. It's pretty fantastic, actually. It, it's, it's a really fun video to check out, and uh, here we go. The Karate Kid is the story of Daniel, a violent sociopath who moves to a California town and begins tormenting a local boy and his friends. Johnny is a high school senior with a commitment to atone for past mistakes and move his life forward in a positive direction. So, ex-degenerate man, 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a senior, I've got one year to make it all work, and that's what I'm going to do, make it work. They are destined to meet when Daniel's neighbor invites him to a beach party, where he becomes instantly obsessed with Johnny's newly ex-girlfriend, Allie. (laughs) After a courtship ritual consisting solely of creepy, unbroken eye contact, he approaches her, only to be summarily rebuffed. Johnny arrives to patch things up with Allie, but the discussion becomes heated. Well, I want to talk to you, all right? Now, I want to be clear about this. What Johnny is doing is not okay, and he should respect her wish to be left alone. Johnny is, in the end, a flawed hero. But one thing he is definitely not doing is getting violent. Daniel, however, seeing an opportunity to insert himself into Allie's life, chooses to escalate the situation, demanding the return of Allie's radio. Frustrated and heartbroken, Johnny complies with Daniel's request and in the heat of the moment, pushes him down. Daniel now has the radio and Allie is still in no danger. Nevertheless, he attacks Johnny, who merely steps aside, allowing Daniel to knock himself to the ground twice. But when Daniel refuses to let it go, Johnny must use force to end this violent outburst for the safety of everyone present. So what is Daniel's response to Johnny's non-aggression? Pow! A sucker punch right to the mouth. Johnny defends himself, as is his legal right, and then de-escalates the situation by leaving the scene entirely. The next day in school, Daniel trips while playing sport ball. Rather than accepting that occasional bumps and bruises will happen during playtime, Daniel instead externalizes the blame onto Johnny's friend Bobby and proceeds to ground and pound him, MMA style. A few days later, Daniel attempts to enroll at a karate school, obviously intending to up his game so he can get revenge on Johnny. Put it this way, how would you feel if someone picked a fight with you, lost, and then went out the next day and bought a gun? Well, that's exactly how Johnny feels when Daniel shows up at Cobra Kai. So he decides to send a message. Your violence will not be tolerated. Because Johnny knows what can happen when you teach karate to a person with a bad attitude. Months go by, and no one bothers anyone. Clearly, this conflict is over. 
until Daniel, unprovoked and for absolutely no reason, drenches Johnny with water in the middle of a school function, ruining his night. To add irony to injury, Johnny was at that very moment sparking up a J, which is just about the least violent thing you can do. Weasel snagged the bee. All right. But I digress. Daniel has crossed the line this time, and he knows it. After causing a multi-car collision, he flees into the night. There is no telling what further damage this unbalanced and violent individual will do, and once again, it falls on Johnny to contain Daniel's fury. <laughs> After local busybody, karate master, and child batterer Mr. Miyagi intervenes, Daniel convinces him that this is somehow all Johnny's fault. So they go to Johnny's sacred place, the Cobra Kai studio and challenge him to yet another fight. Johnny accepts the challenge and even agrees to refrain from defending himself against any more of Daniel's unprovoked aggression until the match. No one touches the Primadonna until the tournament. Daniel, of course, sees this as a license to continue to harass Johnny in public with impunity. Alright, watch this. Hey guys, how you doing? It's good to see you. Hey, sorry about the eye today, Johnny. Shoulder okay, Tommy? You guys be careful not to go stepping in front of any more buses now, alright? The day of the tournament arrives. Johnny is there, defending his title. Daniel, meanwhile, is a danger to himself and others as he doesn't even know the basic rules of engagement. All right, what are the rules here? Oh, no. To no one's surprise, Johnny advances to the final round and Karma catches up with Daniel when his leg is injured by the boy he wantonly attacked on the soccer field. However, just as Johnny is about to be awarded his trophy, Daniel is granted unnatural strength by the demon sorcerer Miyagi, enabling him to defeat Johnny and win the tournament in an upset. Ever mindful of good sportsmanship, Johnny lets go of his sadness at losing, subjugates his ego, and personally presents Daniel with his tainted blood trophy. May you choke on it in your wet dreams, you rotten little prick. All right, sir. So we're back. So uh, let me ask you another thing, son. Uh, my favorite album of 2015 just came out. And uh, have you heard it, son? One Love Revolution. I don't listen to music. Yeah, you do. I do? Yeah, you know that thing that comes out of earbuds and... It has a bunch of tones and... Oh, yeah, but it's I only listen to Hall & Oates. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on, man. I'm, I'm dying to hear your review, sir. I know you've listened to it. I know you checked it out because you even played a song on your new radio show, which I can't hear, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, what do you think, man? Well, I tried to play a song on my new radio show oh, yeah. and was vetoed. But it's because I, I released it two weeks before it was scheduled to be released. So, you know, exactly. the, the nation got the the inside scoop and uh, it's tearing up the rock charts on iTunes right now, man. Still a perfect score. Good times. So That is good. That is good. It's an enjoyable CD. I, I, to be honest, I've only listened to it one time. Okay. I've, I listened to it one time on my way to and from work, basically. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's all. I so I, my opinion is is uh, uh, minimal, like as far as my exposure to it. Um, it's good though. I I like it. I dig it. I mean, it's it's probably probably their best. Yeah, I agree. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah, it's got a mixture of all their albums put together. That's what I dig about it. So it it's literally a CD that I've listened to top to bottom twice a day. It's one of those CDs I I never skip a track. I mean, of course, Embrace the Chaos is my favorite song of the year. But, uh, yeah, it finally came out, and I've been promoting all over. And then, of course, you had to ruin it with your Nickelback post, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love some Nickelback. It's true. So, yes, Pillar, 
One Love Revolution. Go check it out on iTunes. If you buy it on iTunes, you get the bonus song a season, which I played on the Underground Hour. And if you buy the song uh, physical copy, you get a bonus song on there that you don't get on the digital. So good times. Well, that is it for news because we're on a short schedule this time. We can't do the typical two hours that we like to do around here because that's how we roll. But we got some things to say about a certain movie. So let's get into it. Let's get into the review of This is the End. Sad! <laughs> I have the best we could ever plan. Jane Franco's having a giant party. <laughs> yes! This place is beautiful, man. This place is like a piece of me. You two just stepped inside me. You let us both come inside you. Yeah. Boom. Thanks, James Franco. Have you seen Michael Sarah tonight? What's up, Rihanna? Can't believe people still invite him places. Oh, don't touch my bump, yeah. bitch. That's a weird face. So hot. What the f- The sheriff's office is urging people to stay in their homes right now. Looting, ah! rioting. For all we know, the Lakers could have just won, and that's the reason why all this is happening. I think it's the apocalypse. It's all in here. And he opened the bottomless pit. The sinkhole? Every single time I turn on the news, sinkhole in South America, a bunch of South Americans getting sucked into the ground. Sink cold in my ass. Son, we should just stay in here, fortify this bitch, and take inventory of all the food we have. We got 12 bottles of water, 56 beers, Nutella, CT Crunch, a Milky Way. Can I have that Milky Way? No, you can't have the Milky Way. It's my special food. I like it. I want some of the Milky Way. I'd be pretty bummed if I don't at least get a bite of the Milky Way. What you want, son? This is my king. This is my lane. Get out of the way. What you want, hun? Watson showed up. You have to drink. There are six of us. You cannot rob us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hermione just stole all of our. Alright, sir. So this is the end. Uh, let me give you a little story about this one. Of course, I never really wanted to check this movie out because you know, each of these guys have hit or misses for me, and I'm like, oh gosh, all of them together. But, you know, I remember one time you, uh, I think you said you had to check it out. I think maybe it was Real Reviews was your first, you had just started it and you had to watch it, I think it was. And you were telling uh, me how good it was. Is that how it went? No, I just, I just, actually it was before Real Reviews, but it was, um, I just happened to go into it. It was actually, I believe I'd gone to see Taken 2 or 3, Taken 3, and uh, was really i i walked out with 10 minutes left in the movie it was just disgusted by taking three and uh walked down the hall like i need a palate cleanser <laughs> and uh this is the end was just starting and i'm like this could be I, it's not gonna get much worse than what i just saw right yeah i hate these guys but hopefully it's a laugh and walked in and, and, and watched it and was uh thoroughly surprised by it exactly so yeah it was just it was it was uh an, an unplanned viewing at the theater that day Good times. Now, here's here's a true story. I have seen this movie eight times, but every single time I've seen it, it's always at the 46 minute mark. I have never seen this movie prior to our review. 
I've never seen the first 46 minutes. What is at the 46 minute mark? Uh, that is the moment when they are all in the house together for the first time and the apocalypse is already hit. I didn't get to see any of the, the death scenes of Sarah or any of that stuff. I never got this. It was always when they were in the house, everything's on fire and they're all like, what are we going to do, man? And that's when uh, Jay's all talking about this could be the apocalypse and stuff. So it's really when the, when the movie gets really rolling is when I've started it. And every single time I watch this movie, I die laughing. Now, my wife uh, is a person who, who hates this movie, yet every time I have it on, she will sit down and she will watch it with me, uh, mm-hmm. which, which is funny. Good times. So Busted. Yeah. So I definitely can't wait to talk about the beginning of this movie. But, you know, for those of you who don't know, this is essentially a movie where, uh, you know, it's 2013. This movie came out. It's like a disaster comedy. And we got Seth Rogen is is in this movie. He also directed it. It's his uh, directorial debut. Uh, James Franco's in this, Jonah Hill. Basically all the boys that kind of rule the comedy nowadays of the – I like to say um, the Judd Apatow gang. Yeah, you know, and the gross out humor, if you will. Uh, and of course, we have Emma Watson in there and, uh, you know, Craig Robinson is in there. Uh, but one of the guys you were telling me about was Jay Barcel. And Jay I had, Baruchel. Yeah, Baruchel. Oh. I had never seen anything he was ever in before. But after I watched this movie, I was like, I could see why Jameson likes this guy so much. And I really resonated with the black guy. I think his name is Craig Robinson. Uh, I remember seeing him in Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm like, oh my gosh, ah, I remember that good stuff. Well, and the and the the uh, the odd thing about this movie is that you have all of these actors in Hollywood, and and then there's cameos by varying degree of uh, uh, A-list Hollywood actors and such. But everyone is playing themselves. That's kind of the draw: is that everyone's playing Seth Rogen's playing Seth Rogen, right? And it's very much uh, who he is. Jay Baruchel is playing Jay Baruchel, and uh, so that is an interesting technique because there is a lot of kind of tongue-in-cheek acknowledging things about themselves that very meta, right it's very meta like you know they start talking about their own laugh and uh, who they slept with to get where they are and everything like that uh but i gotta talk about the beginning here um so you know in the beginning i guess when i watching this movie always at 46 minutes going on i knew there was a little conflict between jay and Seth Rogen because they're they're best friends basically, but there was something about him being ditched. But I of course never saw that, and I didn't really know the history of it. But I gotta say, watching the beginning for the first time, it really is a slow build, and I don't know. I think the first forty six minutes are very weak for me, but the moment that the the apocalypse hits, this movie is balls to the wall, and it is fantastic. Uh, what do you think about the startup of this movie? Well, yeah, it is it is slower, but it's introducing. I like how it introduces the the on screen and real life friendship between Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel, um, guys who met up um, on Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared and all these early Judd Apatow projects, and that have kind of become close friends. The the Canadian boys. And uh, so it is, it, it, you know, it has to set up that there is a connection with these two guys because these are your, basically your stars of the movie. You know, it's, a, it's an humble cast, but these two are basically your stars. And, uh, and so, you know, you have to 
yeah, you know, hey, I came to see you. I came to hang out with you, Seth Rogen. And and uh, the the conflict between like, I I hate Jonah Hill. I don't want I don't want to go to Franco's house. <laughs> like, I just want to hang out at your house and get stoned and play video games, you know. And and uh, it is slow and it is kind of like Jay being the uh, like I just want to be an introvert. I don't like all these guys. Blah blah blah. I just want to hang and uh, don't don't. Relo- Reluctantly going along with Seth to, to, to set up all the craziness that's about to happen. Right. Don't you think that Jay is technically us, the audience, where he doesn't want to be around these guys because most of the audience watching this doesn't really like these guys too much, but we're still kind of suckered into watching them. But don't you think he kind of represents us as the audience of like, okay, let's take this adventure and you basically, I don't know, I just feel... I really feel connected to Jay because I feel like that's me. Like I'm hanging out with these guys that I sometimes like, but most of the time I don't. But somehow in this big group ensemble, it's fantastic. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective on these guys. Some people love James Franco. Some people love Seth Rogen. I mean, obviously they keep making movies and they keep making money and they, they, you know, they keep courting controversy, all these things. So I guess it does depend on your, your thoughts, but uh, yeah, I think Jay is meant to be kind of the the everyman, basically. Everyone else is big Hollywood. And Jay Baruchel, despite being in a bunch of movies and a bunch of TV shows and stuff, is still very much under the radar guy. He is more of just the every everyman. He's not getting stopped on the street left and right, you know. Yeah. He's not living in Hollywood. He's living in Canada and such. And so, yeah, he is kind of like the everyman in with this Hollywood crowd of Michael Sarah doing blow off a table, you know, off the pool table and... Like, what? This is just too much. Like, I just don't want to be part of this. (laughs) Yeah, you know, James Franco, there's some things that I've really enjoyed him in. And I thought that if he really wants to, he can probably really act. And and obviously... He's a very good actor. Yeah. He just doesn't do it very often. It's true. Uh, Jonah Hill, I mean, I love him in the 21 Jump Street movies. Surprisingly, he's my least favorite character in this whole entire movie. And Jonah uh, Hill is probably, I mean, legitimately one of the best actors in this. I mean, he's multiple-time Academy Award nominee, Jonah Hill. Right. That's crazy to say. That is crazy to say. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Michael Sarah, who... Wow, he is. I'm. Just, I'm just glad he dies the way he dies because he's so terrible in in the beginning of this. But essentially, that's kind of it. You got Jay and Seth Rogen. Uh, they were originally going to get together just to hang out, but 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 you know, if Seth wants him to hang out with the other friends, like, look, they all love you, man. You know, Franco. Franco's got a new pad. Let's go check it out. Let's go check it out, man. It's going to be good time. So basically on their way there, they stop at a convenience store and that's when there's the first burst of light that happens, which is essentially based on revelation. The basically, you know, certain people go up to heaven first and other ones are left behind. And your, your first set was taken uh, and they're like, what's going on? Nobody, you know, when, when they try to go to the party and Jay's trying to explain it, of course, Rogan instantly says, no, he's crazy, man. And then I understood later on in the movie, cause I had never seen the beginning of why Jay was so mad at, at, you know, at Seth basically. But then yeah. within a matter of five minutes, you know, Franco and all of them, they're all partying and stuff. Then they start seeing all the craziness that happens outside. One thing I want to say about this movie. This movie 
has amazing special effects. Mm. I think that was the thing that really like it drew me in. And then there's a scene like in the middle of the movie that uh, of this demon that breaks through a house. And yeah. I'm just like, I can't get over how amazing that looks. Freaky, scary, realistic. Wow. It, it really blew me away. And then I, I can't even wait to talk about the ending of how great that is. But the special effects in this movie for a, I mean, I can't get over how great they are. What do you think? Because you're definitely more critical. You're used to seeing bad CGI and good special <laughs> effects, bad special effects. This is something you point out in almost every movie review. So yeah. you definitely, uh, for you, it's like you got like special glasses and you, and you can notice any little nitpick. So for you, how are the special effects in this movie? I think especially for uh, for a comedy, uh, the bar is low for special effects and comedies. And I, I think it's pretty great. I think the first the uh, first when they first go outside and the earthquake turned into the reckoning and everything comes and I, I, it looks great. Um, there's there's a lot of the movie looks great. But the the uh, the beams of light and such just everything about it i think is really it's fun it's believable there is there's just enough just enough tongue-in-cheek with with the effects that it's like okay we're not this isn't like you know lord of the rings right you get it the comedy but it's it, it pulls it off well it doesn't look hokey it's not distracting from it all i mean it could be very distracting and hokey looking it's not and it's it's fun watching uh, uh celebrities that you either love or hate fall into an eternal hole straight to hell. I mean, that's, a, that's a good time. Right. Exactly. Uh, so some of our casualties in the beginning of the film, Michael Sarah, who you would know from, uh, uh, Arrested you know, development. Arrested Scott Develop. Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim, uh, super bad, of course. Now, Michael Sarah is a very unlikable character in this movie. Very he's unlikable. So, oh man. He's awful. Wow. He didn't do it with Rihanna. Uh, he is he is doing drugs left and right. Uh, wow, he is just I can't get over how unlikable he is. Crazy. <laughs> he goes up to he goes up to uh, uh, Lovin <laughs> with a handful of coke and says, "Does this coke smell weird?" and blows it in his face. <laughs> oh man, that's just such a dick move. It's I, so great. It is. It's so good. So he what? He gets a pole shoved through his chest. He's the yeah, first he gets a light pole through the chest. Yeah. And uh, oh, he was just talking about uh, having a girl go down on him as he's dying. That that was uh, a great right. way to die. Yeah. Uh, so then some of our other casualties, uh, we got a big hole that, that gets created. So right. Rihanna, she goes down the drain. Uh, gosh, who else do we have that goes down? He's on sorry. He takes a fall. Yep. Uh, uh, Paul Rudd. Doesn't he fall down there? Paul, Paul Rudd. He shows up <laughs> to the party. <laughs> hey guys, Whew, there you go. Doesn't Jason um, Siegel fall down there too? Yeah, there's yeah, it is it is a who's who. There's the the, the other guy that I can't uh, I can never pull his name, but he was the, he's the one who uh, is trusting Jay to hold him. He's like, I'm gonna give you all my weight. You sure you can hold me? Oh, Jay's yeah. like, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, I'll give you everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna let go. You sure you got me? He's like, I got you. He's like, here we go. Oops, I don't have you. Oops, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Here's he's like, on. oops. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> so so yeah, Jay Jay gets out of the hole. Uh, so does Craig. 
Uh, and they, they get off in Franco's house and Franco's like, what the F is going on here? None of this makes sense. He's high as a kite. And then Jay's trying to tell everybody, guys, this is the apocalypse. And everybody's like, nah, man, it's just an earthquake, man. That's all that that is. And he's like, look outside, fool. Does that look like an earthquake to you? And, uh, and then we get a surprise guest, uh, somebody who is, uh, okay, let's put it this way. They decide, okay, this really is the end. This is the apocalypse. So we got so much food. That we need to, uh, you know, we're going to make this. We're going to get some help. We have to ration it out. Exactly. We're going to ration out. And and let's think about this. For a bunch of drug guys, they actually figure this out pretty well. Um, This is one of my favorite, one of my favorite things, too, is them going through the inventory of what they have. Yeah. Like, here's what we've got. And it all lays out on the table. This is what we have. This is what we can. This is what we have to survive until who knows when. And the Milky Way does not get touched. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point do they get stoned and start where we get the, you know, the they're they're all like hanging out and they're making like sequels to their movies, Pineapple Express 2 and stuff. But it's before that one guy shows up that that he'll that'll eat all their food. Then, yeah. it's it's then i mean they they ration it off and they're like all right and they 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 block off all the windows with whatever they have right. whatever franco has laying around and they're trying to just barricade themselves in and yeah it, <laughs> they wake up oh this is my this is my favorite part of the movie is they waking up and there is my man danny mcbride just cooking what a everything. dick this guy's a dick. He is, he is so great. Everything about Danny McBride I love. And he is just the total a-hole. And he has cooked <laughs> everything that they have. Right. And he's making them a big old breakfast. Hey, boys. <laughs> uh, they come downstairs. There's Danny McBride just wasting stuff. Like, nah, we don't even need that. Just pouring water down the drain and... <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what are you doing, Danny? Oh, man. So good. Uh, and then, of course, they all talk about how we got to get rid of Danny at some point, you know. Uh, but no, we can't do that. But my favorite scene, which is probably the most disgusting scene of the movie, but I can't help but just die laughing. And it's when Franco comes out of the crapper and realizes that his magazine is full of uh, of, <laughs> men, of, of uh, stuff that men uh and he's been using it <laughs> yeah and the conversation that is how you can't do this in my house and you will keep your hands to yourself and there was i no do it top. everywhere <laughs> i do it everywhere i'll do it on your face i'll do it over here i'll do it all yeah oh my gosh it is <sighs> it is so disgusting and this is the kind of gross out humor that i typically hate in movies but but no. but because franco and Danny have this amazing chemistry and the way that they're going off it is it makes me cry laughing watching this scene so yeah, good yeah. Uh, that, and in here is when they in here is when they get stoned because Danny was is part of the pineapple express too yeah exactly and they uh, <laughs> they start filming their sequel planning out their sequels for their horrible movies. Yeah, and the the thing with like the Twenty One Jump Street series is is that it had the perfect balance of not of having a little bit of gross out humor, but nothing to go overboard to where it, that's what made it so great is the fact that it wasn't your typical comedy; it was its like own thing. And I feel like they did a really good job of the balancing act of having a little bit of the gross out humor for the folks that dig that and come to see their movies, but enough to not push any newcomers away you know it's it was a perfect balance i feel that they did in the comedy yeah. in the movie you know 
Um, that's yep. one of the, the biggest props I can give this movie is I am a person who hates gross out humor. I can't stand it. I think it's a cheap way of doing comedy. Uh, and that's how a lot of these guys have made their movies. But I think that, I don't know, maybe 21 Jump Street really helped. Uh, I don't, I mean, Rogan's the one that didn't he direct this bad boy. Yeah. Rogan's the one that directed it. So yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, Evan Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the, the other, the other thing with this is it's self-aware and that is, it's, it's nice that it is self-aware when, when, I mean, cause a big chunk of this movie is Jonah Hill being super overly friendly to Jay. Jonah is kind of like the guy who wants to become Seth's new best friend, his Hollywood best friend. And Jay hates him and Jay thinks he's fake. And Jonah is a little overly friendly to him and going on and on. And, and he, like you had mentioned earlier, he's like, Oh no, I really, your laugh is great. Seth. I, I love your life. It's like really a lot of people think it's playing, which I a hundred percent do. <laughs> right. I've said that many times. Um, and so it's, it is very self-aware of, of what people think of them. So it is funny that they can laugh at themselves. That makes it a little better. Um, and you know everyone's playing a shade of who they are, or at least who they're perceived to be. Yeah. And uh, and and I, I like it when we you get another visitor to the house. The the uh, door gets kicked in, and Emma. here comes the lovely Miss Emma Watson comes storming in. <laughs> this rape talk is so good. I'm sorry, but I love this. Moment. Isolate that sentence. <laughs> if, if anybody's gonna rape, it's gonna be you. You look like a rapist, and it's like, oh my god, it's so good, man. It is a play on the magazine scene, but uh, this is this is priceless. And of course, Emma is hearing about these guys raping her, and she immediately gets to her defenses. And what does she do? She takes the rest of the food, son. Oh yep. gosh, so good, dude. And she's in and she's out. And she's out. So then they get the brilliant idea that, hey, there's more food. We just need somebody to go out and get it. And the first person to do that is going to be Craig. Well, there's water. There's water directly underneath us. Right. Just have to go around and go in downstairs. There's water right there. <laughs> like, I'll Oh, okay. I'll go out and get. Oh man. So, so they tie the rope to Craig. He decides to go out. And what do they do? Uh, he sees something. Uh, they don't show you, which I like. You know, it yeah, kind of had right. a little nice horror aspect there. And they lose the rope. And he's like, "Oh crap, I'm screwed." But he manages to make it back. Thank God. Yes. Um, and then they come up with the brilliant idea. Well, it's Franco. He's like, "Oh man, it's right here, right." Here, if only we could just get below here. And they're like, well, why don't we just drill down, you know, use a sledgehammer or whatever. And that's but, when, what, they have like... But they don't have a sledgehammer. They they have <laughs> they have anything but a sledgehammer to try and bust their way through the cement floor. Yeah. It, spoons and, and whatever. That's, pens. <laughs> yeah, that's when the magazine scene actually happened was during right. this scene. But they eventually break through. I think it's Jay and Rogan, isn't it? Aren't they the yep. ones that break through? Uh, yep. And I love when uh, Franco or Seth runs into Franco's Spider-Man 3 display. <laughs> so good, dude. The, the Green Goblin. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, that's oh. where I keep all my props. <laughs> he's like, oh, you kept that thing from Spider-Man 3? Oh, what's wrong with you? so good so they they get water uh don't they what other is there anything else that they find well and they also get another knock at the door and another guy shows up 
and is begging them to let him in. They're like, we don't, I don't know if we can let you in, man. He's like, no, 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 let me in, let me in. And this is where you get your first real sense of the danger that's outside. We, it's all been hinted at, hinted at, until a guy has his head stuck to the door, and he's like, come on, guys, let oh, me in, I swear, I'm good, right. I'm good. And then and then his head is severed from his body by whatever <laughs> is outside, and now you know, oh, this is bad. And that head looked real good, too, man. It did look real good. Wow. It did look good. And and they uh, this is when they, uh, they they have the water, and one of the great the great scenes of they have the water. Two, like big, uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Like the big water tanks you would have, the big bubbler tanks you would have. You know, um, yeah, two the big water jugs of water. Yeah. yeah, the water coolers. Thank you. And so they've got two jugs of that, that they brought up, and they're sitting around the dining room table hashing out the rules for rationing this water. We each, boys, we did it. They got each got a little champagne flute of water. They drink <laughs> it, and, and they're talking about, oh man, here's the one. We're gonna do blah blah. And Danny just gets up, goes over, pours himself some more water. You can't, and everyone, you can't whoa, pour another effing cup again. Oh, and, so, and Danny, the ultimate prick, is like, oh, I can't have more water. I'm a big man. Is 110 pounds. I'm twice as well. I should get twice. We should go by volume, by weight. <laughs> and starts going nuts in classic Danny McBride. And then just decides, well, if I'm not going to have any more water. Nobody's having more water. Just dumps the water on the floor. Oh. Dumps it over his head. Just beautiful. There goes all the water we worked for. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic scene. Now, I think this is probably my second favorite scene is when Franco decides that they're going to kick him out and he hands him the gun. Go. Oh, that's a good go. I love Franco in this movie. He's my favorite out of everybody. He's my favorite. He's just so good in this movie. And he's like, he's got to go. And he gives him the gun. I like when Danny decides that he's going to pop a cap and everybody. He's like, mother effer, you think I'd give you a real gun? Get out of here. Oh, so good. Well, and this is at, at this point. I mean, we've we've throughout the whole movie, we've been dealing with kind of this little turmoil with Seth and Jay and Jonah and kind of everybody. But those three really this this triangle of them and the resentment that is building between them. And at this point, this is when it all starts to come out. Of mm-hmm. OJ, you think you're so much better than everyone. Guess what? You're not who you say you are. And secrets get exposed that destroy friendships. Yeah. And it kind of alters the course of what's going on, where it was like Jay and Seth, buddies for life, going through this thing. And and uh, the secrets come out. Danny starts revealing secrets. And uh, yeah, you know what? Remember the time you were in town and you said, don't tell Seth I'm in town? yeah uh, it all starts to come out and uh yeah it's 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 interesting it is interesting i like how they they got a lot of great scary moments they got a lot of great comedy moments they got some good drama up in there uh it's really good balance that's the one thing i can really credit this movie it has a lot of balance to it which is a, a thing that is missing in comedies nowadays uh, I mean, we're never we're never going to get Groundhog's Day ever again, any of that kind of stuff. This is kind of the comedy that we have to, uh, you know, we're forced to now have. But at least these guys are trying to give us something of kind of old school and new school and kind of make it just a fun flick. And I think they succeeded very well. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's the disturbing scene of Jonah. 
the exorcism uh, of Jonah Hill. Well, before the exorcism, the scene that leads <gasps> oh, to him becoming possessed. Okay, can we talk about this guy's the, this guy's the, penis is the biggest thing I've ever seen on screen? And then that's that that's just the small version. That's not Jonah's though. No, the demon <laughs> enters Jonah literally. <laughs> oh man! Oh, this shadow of a demon comes into Jonah's room and rapes him <laughs> and you get the shadow of i don't know it looked like my forearm biggest slog there is. good lord and uh and jonah is now possessed he is possessed now and, they do these commentary videos though they were drinking their own piss and stuff but i like i like confessionals i like his about um, he just sits there for like a good minute and doesn't say a word and he's trying to compose himself of what to actually say. I really dig that. It, typically, that would be like one of those moments where, okay, it's kind of slowing things down. You're not saying anything, but it really emphasizes the fact of what just happened a few seconds ago. I really dig that. That's cool. Those confessionals are great, Craig's like, so I uh, drank my own pee last night. Drank my own piss for the first time <laughs> and... It was awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they have uh, Rogan trying to actually do it on the tape. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, God. So but, but Jonah is fully possessed by a demon now. And uh, this... and nobody... The, 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 the exorcism, when they decide finally Jonah's possessed. This... Jonah's attacking people. We need to tie him to a bed and give him the exorcism. But let, wait, wait, we need to go back just a little bit because the best special effects se- sequence happened right before they do the exorcism where they decide to go Craig and Jay to the next house across the oh, way. Oh, that's right. This, right. this, I kid you not, every single time that that demon jumps in the house, my wife and I, we jump at the same time. I'm expecting it. She's expecting it. But man, when that thing busts through... Wow, it is it is one of the most that is one of the best demons I have ever seen on screen. It is fantastic looking. It's like because they're deciding like we're just going to hang out here. Maybe we'll just live in this house now. Yeah. Screw those guys. I'll take care of you. I'll be your man. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. And he's like, dude, those are our friends over there, man. (laughs) Right. So good. And yeah, this this big demon just comes in. And it is huge. It's like taking the Ghostbuster demon, timesing it by like the size of Dwayne Johnson, and giving him like a, a twin on top of it. I don't. Oh man, it's just it's so huge, dude. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, and but they get away, and at in the meantime, we have Jonah who's vomiting all over Rogan and Franco. While those two are trying to escape. So you have this amazing sequence going out of them trying to run away from the demon. Those two are, are dealing with Franco, uh, are dealing with, you know, um, th- the puke all over their face. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And that's when, when they finally show up, they're able to then strap them down and, and do the exorcism. But I love that sequence. Oh, and, the, and the exorcism just kills me every time when... when uh... Rogan and they're like, all right, here we go. They get the cross and and they do the classic exorcist. You know, the power of Christ compels you. Oh, oh, does it? Does it really, Jay? And he's fully possessed. That's the best part is the effects, and he is fully and the the voice is modulated. And he's oh really? Oh oh really? Does it does it possess? Does Does it it compel compel? me? And they're like, hey, knock it off. That burns. That burns. Quit doing that. (laughs) Oh man. And Jonah catches fire. 
Jo- Jonah oh. is a firing flame ball running through the house now, trying to kill everyone. And it actually looks like it's really him on fire. That's another prop of the special effects I got to give. Is Usually it's a guy in a, in a burning suit, but this time they are actually showing the face and it's caught on fire and it looks fantastic, man. I'm telling you. Yep. It's crazy. I agree. Uh, so basically what, uh, they, they, this is when, okay, prior to them getting, I've got to leave the house prior to them leaving the house though. They have decided that the only way that they're going to have the light beam come is that they have to sacrifice. Basically you do enough good deeds, all add up and you know, we'll go to heaven kind of thing. That that's the thing. Uh, so they get outside and then we get even better special effects of this flying wing, like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy demon looking thing. And and of course Craig steps up to the plate. He's like, uh, you know what? I'm you guys get to the garage. I'm gonna take out this guy for, for you guys. I did I did enough crappy things in my life. This is my, you know, this is my way to pay for it. And uh I like how he's got that shirt, take your panties off. Take and- your panties off. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, when he tries to uh, to charge the demon right before he gets eaten, the light beam comes and takes him up to heaven. Yes. So our boys, then they are able to get away. And that's when they're like, boy, did you see that? The sacrifice? Oh, my gosh. So so if we do good. We be nice to each other. You know, we'll be able to go to heaven. And that's when they decide that, you know, I'm going to say how great your laugh is and I'm going to be super nice to you. And they say all these superficial things. And that's kind of what makes it so much fun. Just this like five minute sequence of them in the car. It's good times. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's them kind of figuring it out. Like, what do we do? How do, what, what was that? Okay, it must be if you're, if you're good. And yeah, a lot of just. Uh, a lot of compliments that you can tell are just totally fake. Just like, yeah, no, you're awesome. Did I get beamed up? No. <laughs> I think you're really great. Did that work? No. <laughs> just superficial compliments. <laughs> like, maybe that'll get me out of here. Right. And then the one of the one of the great the great scenes of this movie as they run into the Mad Max band of renegades. Step up. The cannibals are out to play, and they are taken by the cannibals. And their leader, one Mr. Danny McBride, I'm here to eat you. Like, oh, oh, we gonna eat. I'm the king of this thing. <laughs> and uh, who does he bring out that is his slave? <laughs> his little gimp, his little sex slave with the gimp mask. It's Mr. Channing Tatum. Now, do you think that, well, I don't know. You have seen Magic Mike more than most people. So uh, is uh-huh, that is that uh-huh. his real ass, sir? Oh, yeah, without question. <laughs> okay. Come on. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> oh man, that was uh, I, it was so creepy, so disturbing. It was. It was great seeing him though. Um, so this has got to be my all-time favorite scene of the movie. Is what happens next is where Franco decides that he is going to sacrifice himself for the boys. And uh, he essentially does. He he hits some of the guys. They take off, and the I'll be- make a distraction. You right. run. Bimo light comes, picks him up, and the <laughs> best stuff of dialogue out of the whole film comes from these few moments of where he's like, "Suck my," you know, and he's got his middle finger. F up. you, Danny. <laughs> Suck these. <laughs> Uh, and the beam of light goes away he's like what what i do and then danny has to tell him how it really is and then he eats him 
Oh, and what is the word that he uses? You were no, it was not pompous. He's like, you were. Oh man, I wish I could pull that right now because it cracks me up the way he says it. He's like, and now I'm going to eat you. Now I'm going to eat you. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can't even remember. Ah, uh, see, I all my notes don't even say it. Dang it. Yeah, that was a great line. But so, yeah, it's he just eats him in front of in front of Seth and Jay. It's and, a it's a bad time right there. So those two take off. Now, for anybody who's seen Watchmen, uh, a lot of people complain about the blue guy. Now, hmm. the next scene that happens takes the blue guy and makes you not even think about that guy ever again because this guy this this huge demon which is aka probably the devil has just slung the size of your sears tower just hanging in the wind uh yeah it's pretty when this movie hits tv there's no way they're going to show this scene i mean seriously there's going to be like a big black box on the screen even if they show it on comedy central you know, after 10, I don't know, dude, it, it, this is what blows me away is this sequence of how, number one, this devil looks fantastic, but th- the fact of why did they decide they wanted to give him a schlong and, uh, yeah, have him hold it while, yeah. Oh, wow. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best part though, is that, uh, basically Jay ends up getting the beam of light. Franco does, or Rogan doesn't. And then Jay, how does this how does this play out? I forgot. Uh, how is it? Both of them get the light. Uh, well, it starts with with Jay gets beamed up, and he's like, "Hold my hand." I'll because he what was it? Now he goes out, kind of the same thing, right? Like he makes the distraction. Yeah, he gets the beam of light. He's trying he gets to get beamed up, up, and he's like, "Hold my hand. I'll bring you with me." And he drags him down. He's and- trying, and Seth's Seth's kind of weighting him down. And he's like, I can't do it. And he's like, just let. And that's when Seth says, I'm holding you down. You're better. Than, you know, you've always been the, the, the good one. I'm going to let go. Yeah. You deserve all the good things. He lets go. And then, boom, the, the beam of light catches him. With Whitney, with Whitney, uh, Whitney Houston. <laughs> and, I was, uh, and now. <laughs> the bromance is back. The first time I watched this, I didn't catch it until the second time. But the beam of light cuts off the schlong. And right. yeah. yeah, and and he holds it in his hand. And he starts crying. <laughs> oh, I just got the word that Danny McBride said too. When he's like, "You could have been free, but you were being petty, Tom Petty." <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, basically, Rogan and Jay they they get up to heaven, and oh, then thank oh boy, movie over, right? Movie over, but not until uh, the first. I had never seen this movie until you sent me a text. You're like, dude. You have got to watch this at the end. I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. He's like, trust me. You will not believe, how, number one, it's, it's funny. But number two, there's a special appearance at the end of the movie. So what did I do? I went on Wikipedia and I looked it up and I freaked out and saw that my boys, the Backstreet Boys, because I am not a closet fan. I am a hold the flag up high fan. Uh, my boys, Backstreet Boys, were in this movie and did everybody's Backstreet's back. And uh, One of the greats because oh. they're they're in heaven. Craig's up there waiting for him when they get up there. Everyone in white and silver up in heaven. And he's, you can smoke Jays up here. Everybody's up here. It's having a good time. Make a wish for anything you want. Seth Rogen makes a wish for anything in the world that he wants. Sweet segue. 
gets a Segway to ride. You're like, look at me, I got a Segway. <laughs> Jay, wish for something, man. Anything you want, wish for it. And he, all right, I will. And then I'll, I love, I just, I love the reaction on all of their faces on Seth's face. No we, effing way. <laughs> no effing way. And the camera pans around and there's Backstreet up in heaven. The Backstreet Boys. Oh, so now when I saw the beginning of this movie, they took this song and they really slowed it down. And I didn't know if that was supposed to be for a weed effect because, you know, everything slows down when you're high. And I really yes. thought that was annoying. I'm like, seriously, you guys are screwing up this song. But I mean, I knew going that at the end was going to be this fantastic finale and I forgave it. But the, had I seen this movie for the first time in the beginning of the movie, it would have pissed me off. Cause I'm like, you guys are ruining Backstreet Boys. You slowed it down, you know, but because I had seen this ending so many times, yeah, it, it was great. And the guys knew the dance, uh, which is a dance I've done to impress my wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she told me never do it again. Cause I knew the whole music video. So oh, no, it's true. Me and my roommate, uh, when I first met my wife, true story, uh, I was like, hey, you want to come over? You got a party. And me and my roommate threw this on. I did the whole music video tour. And uh, I was not embarrassed. Although looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, what was I thinking? So, so I think we got something for you to do next summer at the zoo. Yeah, right. So come on. We'll record it. We'll put <laughs> it up on the page. It'll be great. But see, you know the bye 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 dance. I know the backstreet boy, everybody dance, everybody's back dance. So that's how I roll. How do we pull that? How do we pull that off, sir? Dance off, classic '80s dance off. There we go. That'll be a good time. So, yeah. so this movie, man, I'm telling you, I freaking love this movie. I really do. It's one of my favorite comedies. Um, I, I'm, wow. I, a lot of people will not watch this movie because of the cast. And sure. I think one of the reasons why we decided to review this was to let people know that, hey, guess what? We don't like these people nine times out of ten. But as a whole, this movie's fantastic. You need to watch it. At least I concur. Yeah. That is that is exactly it. Yeah. So I actually I'm at four and a half stars with this movie. So boom. I agree one hundred percent. For real? Sweet. Yeah. Good yeah. That's where I got it. Awesome. Ah. <sighs> so sir. <laughs> uh nobody knew we were recording, but we might have an email. So uh should we hear what the STL Nation has to say, sir? Let's do it. Oh my God. I am just pulling this up and our boy actually guessed what we were reviewing. Peter, time traveling Peter actually guessed it. Holy He's crap. pretty good. Did you tell him? Seriously. I don't, I, I don't tell anybody anything. I didn't tell him what we were reviewing. So he sends in, he's like, type subject here. Greetings, Masunis Jameson, STL Nation. It's been a couple of weeks and sorry I haven't mentioned yet, but love the previous episode about They Live. Thank you, sir. That was a very fun episode. I'm not sure what secret movie you're reviewing today, but if I had to guess, it's probably This Is The End. Great comedy, might I add. <laughs> wow. Definitely warrants its R rating, but definitely worth the watch. You had to have told him that we were reviewing this. 
I didn't tell Peter anything. Wow. This is you. I think you might have put a spoiler out at some point. There's no way. I all I said is no one will ever guess unless you're time traveling, Peter. Since you've listened to every episode and there's a particular movie that we've raved about, but there, but we never said we would review it. So that's the only mm-hmm. only thing I ever said. That boy, good. Wow, that boy, real good. Uh, let's see. Oh boy, it de- definitely warrants its R rating, but definitely worth the watch. A coupon for my favorite scenes uh, was seeing the celebrity acts like desperate people, especially the scenes with Michael Sarah in the bathroom or getting slapped by uh, Riri. I like the exchange about masturbation between Franco and McBride, though I haven't been a huge fan of Jay. Uh, I do like him in here because he's kind of more sympathetic. My only gripe is once they leave the house, I kind of check out. The only thing I find funny was that they were outside of the house while seeing Ch- uh, Channing Tatum step up, uh, was on a chain and wearing the naughty gear. Overall, I give it a 3.75. Would be higher if not for the second half. Wow. That's crazy. Interesting. All uh, right. It's always great to hear you both on the same episode, and I hope to hear more of it. Until next episode, your friend in time, Time Traveling Peter. Well, thank you, sir, for writing in. I have no idea, unless Jameson's jacking around with me and he told you, uh, I have no idea how you guessed it. So you get mad props for guessing the movie. So legitimately, people, I had I told nobody we were reviewing this movie. Even my even my wife doesn't know. Well, actually, I don't even let people know I'm on this show. So there's no way he got it from me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man good times so uh all right sir how about we roll into the music spotlight all right oh here comes the ready and now here comes the boys from the sound here comes the ready and now Uh, music spotlight. So, sir, you uh, you're not been listening to music. So, uh, boy, I gotta I gotta come up with a song here, son. That you do. Uh, I I did not have time to prepare for this. So let's see. Oh my god. All right, let's see. 2013. Do we have any good songs that came out in 2013, son? Go all the way back to 2013. All right. Uh. uh Ooh, what do you know? First thing on the list, Hot 100 Songs 2013. This ought to be good. All right, let's see. What was our top 10 of 2013? Let's see if we liked any of these. Thrift Shop, number one. Not bad, but I've already played before. Blurred Lines. I hate that song. Radioactive. Harlem Shake. Moving on. Can't Hold Us. Your Boy, Justin Timberlake, Mears, number six. Yeah. Number, number seven, Give Me a Reason, the song I hate the most from Pink. I love Pink, but this is the song I hate the most. When I was a terrible your, year for music. When I Was Your Man, number eight, Cruise by Florida Jordan. I, Roar is 10. Oh, this is terrible. I'm done. Forget it. Uh, let's pick. Nice. Let's, pick let's pick in the 80s some beer. I'm done. This, this list sucks. All right. Uh, let's see. Hot 100 songs of let's do a year 19. Let You know what? I did a 90s theme underground hour episode. So let's pick 1990. Uh, we'll do. Let's see. This movie came out in 9, 2013. So we will do 1993. Woo-hoo. There you go. All right. Let's see. How much better this is. I Will Always Love You is number one. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's almost fitting that it is in this movie. <laughs> it is, isn't it? We can't play that. No. 
that would bore people to death. Uh, Whoop, there it is by Tag Team. I can't stand that song. Oh, my God. So old. Can't help falling in love, UB40. Oh. That's the way love goes, Janet Jackson. Uh, Freak Me by Silk Week. SU. Man, this isn't much better. If I Ever Fall in Love by Shia. Dream Lover oh, number eight. Shy. Uh, yeah, keep going. Dream, uh, dream lover. Rump shaker number nine. Uh, that actually might work. Informer number ten. Nothing but a G thing, baby. Oh, I love early '90s hip hop. It's this is the best. I do. Okay, you know what? Uh, in, in in respect to uh, to the phenomenal film of uh, you know Straight Outta Compton and uh, Boys uh, in the Hood, because I just watched Boys in the Hood still shows up. Why don't we pick a hip hop song, sir, from the '90s, uh, man? Right. All right, let's narrow it down, sir. See, on the underground hour, I I played me some "Mama Said Knock You Out." That's my one of my I think one of the greatest rap songs in history. That is my standard karaoke go-to song when I do when I get drunk and do karaoke. Yeah. that is the song that'll get me out there. Yeah, nothing nothing better. Okay, so now we've done this once before, but I think we should have a replay. What do you think? All right. So should we do Mama to knock you out again, or should we pick another? No, let's get one? a new one. Let's get a new one. If let's you just played new... it, let's get okay. a new one. All right. So let's see. Snoop Dogg came out around this time. What's my name? Uh, good times. Deep cover. Nothing but a G thing. Oh my gosh, dude. So Ice Cube and Wicked. My favorite Ice Cube song. Ooh man, so good. Well, dude, mm. you tell me, man. You heard a lot of good tunes up in uh up late recently. So what do you think, man? <laughs> Give me some hip hop songs, man. What we got? Well, look, how about the the great hip hop song that takes place in a in an apocalypse. There's an apocalyptic world going on in the movie in the state of California. In this song, let's just do California Love. California Love, okay. Dre and Tupac. <laughs> All right, California Love. Now, is there swearing in this song? I can't remember. So, ah, Dre and Tupac never swear, man. <laughs> I need to find an edited version of this. Okay, I need to. Yeah. Okay, and then after that, I'll play a bonus song for you guys. So, you'll have to stay tuned to find out what that is. So, good times. All right, sir, that is awesome. We are not going to play um, Desert Island this time because you and I, uh, we got a G.O. Yes. Got to, we got to go. We got, got to, to go. Got to go. So we will reserve that for our next episode. Now, we shall get back to our regularly scheduled program. Now, do we want to do classic movies Masunas hasn't seen as the next episode? Or should we do Arnold or another 80s? on tap? What's on tap for classics that Masunas hasn't seen? What do uh, we got? Let's see. Um, I used to know this. I know. Uh, one of them was going to be... I, I did Better Off Dead already. I swear it was yeah. another comedy. Uh, man, what what was it? I'm telling you. Go. Got, uh, got to go. Got to go. Uh, this is terrible. But this is how yeah. we roll. This is how we roll. Woo-hoo. This is unprepared podcasting. Unprepared podcast. it it's true. <laughs> <laughs> we literally are just winging this. It's good times. 100%. Um, man, classic movies Masunas hasn't seen. I don't want to do a gangster flick. Uh, no, screw that. Shawshank Redemption is too, too sad to do. Um, gosh, man. What's one I haven't All right. seen? All right. Here's one. It is it is one that we've brought up before. I've given you crap for not seeing. I think it's time you need to see it. It's a weird movie. It's a funny movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I think we do Big Lebowski. Yes. Okay. I am down. I am down. I, I get all these stupid Big Lebowski references on the STL Nation. Just, I, yeah, you need just need I've, to see it. I have just no get idea. it done with. Okay, cool. That will be the next episode, Big Lebowski. 
I love it. Done. It is in the book, son. We just have to record it. <laughs> no problem. It's That's true. the easy part. So sometime next month, we'll get together. We'll let the nation know, hey, this is around the time we're getting together. Send in your emails for the Big Lebowski. I think that's how it's going to roll. STL is uh, once a month. Jameson and I will get together. We'll do a movie. There you go. Boom. That's how we do. That's how we'll do it. And then I'll throw in an underground hour maybe here and there. But like I said, time is very limited with the whole college thing and work and family and all that stuff. So, uh, hey, real quick, how about you tell the folks how the radio show is going? Because unfortunately, I don't think people can listen to it unless you're actually in the <laughs> local area. So how's that been going? Correct. It's been actually going really well. I have a, uh, uh, I was, I have a radio show that is in its third week right now. It's called Inside My Mind, and it's a, uh, it's an hour long radio show that I do here on uh, one of the local FM stations. Uh, if you are local to Madison, Wisconsin, one hundred three point five, and uh, it's just it's me uh, spinning music for an hour and kind of running a theme between everything because it is like a uh, a musical journey inside my mind, and there's kind of a thread that runs along, and it's just it's a lot of fun, and it's. And it's uh, interesting turning on the radio from time to time and just hearing my voice on the radio, on the actual radio. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's it's been a blast and it's been uh, getting a good reception. So good. Uh, I did try and play your Pillar song. And I was told that since the album hadn't been released, I can't play it on the radio or they would face FCC fines. So that got nixed. Uh, now hopefully i can yeah it, it did release august uh, 21st officially digitally so now legally yep. you can play it so so essentially it's the jameson underground hour really so <laughs> something like that yeah so you kind of feel how i feel when i create the show it's good times trying to get all these tunes you know eventually you know i had this whole like top five thing with all these extra stuff for movies and stuff but i finally just said screw it. let's just do a top 10 we'll add everything in there we'll do guilty pleasures you know we'll do every genre whatever let's do it and i think it's been more successful doing it that way it's easier just to do 10 songs it lasts an hour long and you can just do a little commentary before each song, and it's good time. So sounds like that's what you're doing, man. I wish I could hear it, man. I really do. It really sucks. I can't hear it. I could I drop you the file uh, of of the episodes. I mean, yeah, it is basically me just kind of building a story through throughout the hour long, kind of building songs, building building a story. Uh, my second episode was the soundtrack inside my mind, um, using nothing but songs off of soundtracks, which is almost every song these days. <laughs> but uh, And there's always uh, an old school song thrown in there. And it's just, it's fun. It's really personal, which I like. It's songs that um, that I enjoy. A lot of them are songs and artists that nobody's ever heard of before, which is a lot of fun for me to yeah. get exposure to some people that I know people don't know. Um, and, uh, and the best part is I've actually gotten a complaint from somebody who said, Oh, I love the music, but, um, the, one of the times that it's played five times a week. And, uh, one of the times is during, is at like four o'clock on a Wednesday. And, uh, one of the local businesses here in town was like, oh, I love the songs that he chose, but you know, um, it, it, it's not quite mainstream for us to play here in the, in, in the business, you know, uh, could you change it? And like, no, I'm good. I want you to be upset that it's not your usual Lady Gaga music playing. Exactly. It's, it's something a little different. Get used to it. That's awesome. You know, that's the thing that I really, you know, if, when I walk away from this show, I can say that I got a lot of people into my favorite bands that wouldn't give a day of, you know, a second to listen to or I'd never heard of. But I got a lot of people into Pillar, 12 Stones, uh, man. So 
all my favorite bands, dude, and Skillet and all this and that. And it's like they had never heard of it before. Now they're like they're huge fans. It's awesome. Exactly. And uh, that that's the whole purpose of doing Underground Hour is to pick songs that you had never heard of before or songs you just you grew up with or you know everybody loved the the last one because it was a throwback to the 90s because of our talk we had on they live i'm like i gotta play some 90s tunes you know it was awesome so that's so cool dude so you keep you keep and sticking with your guns with that man just play what you want to play man heck yeah so and and i if you ever need tunes you know where to come see somebody (laughs) about that so All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I had a lot of fun. Uh, If you want to write in, feel free to do so at stlpodcast at gmail.com. You can go on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash sweep delay podcast. We're almost at 100 likes. That would be so cool to get 100 likes. Uh, I know there's like over 100 people listening to the show. So maybe you people could go over there and click on the like button. That would be awesome. Uh, there is a website, stlpodcast.com. Uh, not really updated, but it is pretty awesome. So go check it out. <laughs> I pay a lot of money for that. So uh, let's keep it around. And uh, the best place to go, the place where you're going to get the most interaction and places that I don't post or Jameson post uh, on the Facebook page, we always go to the STL Nation. It's on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. Just type in the STL Nation. I kid you not. We post in that thing daily. And uh, that's where all the hardcore fans hang out. That's where we talk rumors. We throw jokes. We got awesome memes. So if you're having a bad day, we will make you laugh. Jameson is the king of sarcasm, if you did not know. So he has the greatest memes there are, except for the Nickelback one on my pillar post. That was that offended me, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> I actually like Nickelback, but the fact that you did that on the pillar was like, no, don't do that. So, uh, But yeah, that's the place to go, the STL Nation. So go check it out. Be a part of the group. And uh, that's where we have most of our fun. And then go on iTunes, obviously. Uh, hey, leave a, leave a review. That'd be cool. But most of all, uh, check out the man on the hour. That's literally every week. You can hear this guy, the you know the guy that's around more than me, and that's Jameson. So Jameson, you have like I don't know, you got a lot of stuff going on, man. So the only sure. the only thing people can't hear is your radio show. But you got right. the uh, you got the real reviews. You got real films. Uh, you got Movie Mojo Monthly and your radio show. Uh, and then you also write on Movie Pilot. Uh, have I Correct. covered everything? <laughs> uh, for now, that will be everything today. Okay, cool. All right, well, that is it, guys. So you have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.
10 beat The state where you never find a dance floor empty And pimp speed On a mission for them greens Lean mean money making machines Serving fiends I've been in the game for 10 years Making rap tunes Ever since honeys was wearing Sassoon Now it's 95 And they clock me and watch me Diamond shining Looking like a Rob Liberace It's all good From Diego to the Bay Your city is the bomb If your city making pay Throw up a finger if you feel the same way Straight putting it down for California 